Noelle Pickering, founder of Maneuvering the Middle. As a former math teacher, I know what it's like to feel frustrated and worn out by the responsibilities of being a teacher. Can you say, and putting grades the night before they were due? After spending several years getting organized, developing time-saving routines, and rethinking the way I taught math, I realized it didn't have to be that way. I could love my job and leave my work at school. I created the Good Morning Teacher podcast to provide practical solutions to those well-known teacher pain points and to cheer you on as you face your week. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear tools and strategies that will help you maximize your time and effort, both in the classroom and at home. If you are a busy teacher looking for practical solutions, then this is the place for you. Let's get your morning started right. morning teachers you're listening to episode number two last week on episode one we talked about my three favorite principles for working smarter not harder so check that out if you haven't yet you can listen in your favorite podcasting app or by going to maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode one today i wanted to turn the focus on how we can set our students up for success You likely entered the profession of teaching because you care about your students and their success, not only in your classroom, but in life. But did you also consider that when our students are successful, it also means less work for us? I can attest that when students are engaged, learning and mastering the content, then we as teachers feed off of those positive vibes and are actually going to work a lot less. If you grabbed our Google Hub listener freebie from last week, I'm going to give you a few more pointers for putting it into action. And if you haven't yet, I'll share how you can get your hands on it. Let's do this. I'm going to share a little science with you to illustrate my first tip. Now you should all know I was a math teacher, not a science teacher, but go ahead and just bear with me for this example. There's a physics principle called the principle of least action that basically states that the path between two points will always be the path that requires the least amount of energy. And this isn't just a physics principle, but something that we as humans calculate in our brains all the time. We just don't realize it. When something is hard or complicated, what we are likely going to do is, well, quit leave it for another time, or move on to something else. I read about this principle first and how it applies to people and habits in a popular book called Atomic Habits by author James Clear. I highly recommend it if you're interested in setting healthy habits and working to remove negative habits. We will be sure to link it in the post for you. I experienced this principle firsthand when purchasing something online recently. I had several things in my cart during a Cyber Monday sale. I went to check out and there was a glitch and I had to refresh. Well, then my cart was empty and I had to add the items again. And once I did that, it wanted me to create an account. And you know what? I got frustrated. I clicked over to another browser where I immediately got distracted and moved on. I never actually placed my order. I share this with you to illustrate what it means to set students up for success. 
And by that, what I really mean is make everything as student-friendly as possible. This includes directions for assignments, directions on completing the assignment, and directions for submitting the assignment. I think this is vitally important, especially if you are in a hybrid or virtual setting, but generally all students are gonna benefit from this. So let's think through a traditional classroom environment. You likely have a turn-in tray where students turn in their assignments, or potentially there is a time in the class period where you actually have them hand it in their assignment or pass it forward. You may have an agenda on the board with a topic and things you are likely going to accomplish in class. I love to use the colored painters tape to create a grid with topics and assignments for my classes. It was a great visual for my students and a way for me personally to stay on track throughout the week. These are all physical things, visual cues that students saw each and every day and it required very little energy from a student. Now with all of these different shifts that are constantly happening, there's a lot more resistance and the easy path between two points isn't quite so easy anymore. You know your classroom best, so I thought I would share some questions to consider when you really think about your students' experience and how you can set them up for success. So the first question I like to ask myself is, is this easy to accomplish? Notice I didn't say is the content easy, I'm actually referring to the process of what you want them to do. Is it clear? Is it easy to accomplish? Have you given them an example, a model of some sort? Okay, so that's the first one. The second question is, is there a way that I can provide upfront directions that will help my students and keep them from continuing to ask the same questions? I'm sure you can relate to that. My favorite thing to do is to create a short video library that anyone can access. This could be as simple as a Google Sheet that has organized videos that you record on a screencast app like Loom. We do this with our Maneuvering the Middle team when it comes to creating resources and anything with our site or our teachers. We want everyone on our team to have access to the different quick tutorials because if you aren't completing a process each and every day, your brain is just likely to forget. And that leads to resistance and distraction. And I don't know any 13-year-old that won't be distracted online. The last question I like to ask myself is, is there anything that we as a school can do to minimize confusion? If every secondary teacher is using different softwares or platforms or expectations for submitting assignments, then a simple task has become more complicated and more likely to face resistance. By streamlining as a campus or even as a team, then we're stacking the cards in the favor of our students and minimizing our time spent troubleshooting. One thing that our Maneuvering the Middle teachers are loving and have been using, and that I would love to share with you, is our Google Hub. This is a super easy to use template that we lovingly refer to as a hub, mostly because we wanna teach our students to refer to it as a hub and continue to refer to it over and over again. You can grab this free Google hub by going to maneuveringthemiddle.com episode two to download this easy to use template. This will literally kill two birds with one stone because it is going to provide 
for your virtual or your hybrid students with a document that they can reference over and over again for their assignments and act as a checklist for completion. By thinking about our students' experiences and making everything as student-friendly as possible, we can actually minimize friction or resistance and make it easier for students' brains to actually accomplish the task at hand. Now that we are intentionally thinking through the lens of a student and their user experience when it comes to assignments, let's consider another tip that is tried and true for setting students up for success. And this one isn't revolutionary. We all know it's part of the job and most likely it's one of the reasons you became a teacher, taking the time to intentionally build relationships. We all know, have read a book, been to a PD, or listened to a staff meeting about building relationships with our students. It's statistically one of the best ways to impact a student both academically and emotionally. But perhaps today, we can give it some new thought and consideration, seeing as though this year has been challenging for everyone, including our students. When students know that you care for them beyond the classroom, they will do more, try harder, and work to be more successful in your classroom. Maybe you haven't really thought about that lately. You know it deep down inside, but maybe you've been overwhelmed by the amount of work that you have on your plate or discouraged by missing assignments. Let me remind you one more time. When students know you care for them beyond the classroom, they will do more, try harder, and work to be more successful in your classroom. In a traditional year, I think it's a lot easier. You see them in the hallway, you smile, you greet them at the door each day. Perhaps you cheer them on at a sporting event or attend a fine arts concert. These small daily interactions are all very valuable. They're cumulative. They build up each and every day over time. From commenting on their weekend or a sports team that they may be rooting for, we actually learn a whole lot about our students by observing them and their interactions with other classmates. Many of those tried and true methods aren't available to us this year, and we need to brainstorm some new ones. I wanted to gather a list of things that you may not have tried, you may have seen and forgotten about, or you may just want to try again as a fun way to engage your students and build rapport. First, a very simple one is just to scratch your math warm-up or your bell ringer for a fun get-to-know-you type question or activity. It's really simple, doesn't take long, and you can kind of keep record of what students are sharing and it will continue to build as you continue to do that. Second, maybe host a virtual scavenger hunt or a show and tell. I think those have been really popular on Instagram where you ask students to find different things and um, bring them to the Zoom call. Third, cut out the automated emails. I know that there's a lot of emails that go out with your LMS or your grading system and really take the time to go into the settings and make sure that they're sending purposeful emails. It actually teaches our kids to ignore emails from you when they're getting all of these automated ones. Instead, replace that with a personalized message. Remember from episode one, this is something that you can not only batch, but you can actually make a template. So if you take a few minutes to write a few messages and use those as a template, you can actually send out some more personalized messages, both positive and potentially um, reminders for your students. And then last, maybe create a choice board or a menu that's actually not content related, 
that students can complete. This menu could be related to student interests, to your campus, or to your local community, all of which allow students to have a voice, share a little bit of something outside of content, and it'll allow you to get to know them a little bit better. These are just a few examples of super simple ways to build relationships with your students, which increases their likelihood of working hard for you, which then lowers your workload. Do you see what I'm doing here? I think you may be on to me. So as a quick recap, if you want to set your students up for success, consider applying the two powerful principles that we talked about today. First, take the time to think through your students' experience to make things as easy as possible. What I like to call making it student-friendly. And then second, intentionally build relationships with your students by taking the time to incorporate something that's not content-related. And that may only be five minutes. So that's think through your students' experience and focus on ways to intentionally build relationships. I would love to know what you do to set your students up for success in your classroom. So drop a comment in this week's Instagram or Facebook post. For more information, all of the links, resources, and freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode two. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.